In the words of Bob Geldof and the assorted musical collective Band Aid, checker 1984 for those of you that remember that, do they know it's Christmas? Well, here at Fabulous Flowers TV, we most certainly do. And we two flowery ships are sailing in with your bleak midwinter podcast. So get ready to hark and herald the most Christmassy of podcasts with me, your little angel for the top of, quite frankly, any tree going, Lucy Nolan. And, of course, he who should be adored above all floral talents. And, of course, bought many gifts for, for his crib in Chelsea. The utterly brilliant and marvellous Paulie Hawkins. Paulie, how are you? <laughs> oh, Lou, I just love your intros. Every time they just they just give me such a lift. I'm very, very well, thank you. Feeling really festive. I'm full of mince pies. I'm full of blue pine and festive cheer and, yeah, kind of madness. It's just been a mad runaway train. Um, but it's we're here and I think Christmas is in sight and um, all in one piece. And... Um, I can't believe it's episode 35 of our fabulous Flowers TV podcast, Lucy. I mean, who would have thought that this little lockdown venture we both started in April 2020 mm -hmm. would have continued through the last eight months, bringing floral knowledge, a few technical tears along the way, and um, lots of flowery <laughs> joy every week. But that's certainly worth a little glass of Christmas tincture, I feel. Don't you, darling? Oh, yes, always. Any excuse for a little glass of Christmas tincture. And I think... Yes, well done us for starting this from nowhere, like like planting a seed, really, wasn't it, Paulie? We planted Absolutely. our seed back in March and April, and um, slowly but surely, with, a, as you say, a few technical hiccups that we have overcome, I like to view those technical hiccups as little green fly or perhaps naughty little uh, bunny rabbits eating the green shoots of our Fabulous Flowers TV, but we managed to very ecologically friendly get rid of those technical hiccups, and here we are with our blooming, flowering, gorgeous... Fabulous Flowers TV. So, yes, very proud. I love it, but I just wouldn't call them that. I think you were very kind. I wanted to call them kind of hair pulling and screaming and screeching, sort of, for me. But anyway, we're, we're amazingly technical. It's because we're so young. That's what it is. Mm. And talking <laughs> of hair pulling, as you can see, I've had my Farrah Fawcett blow dry ready for the Christmas season. Thanks very much. It what looks do you think? lovely. Actually, if you could see it, listeners, it's looking like a kind of Titian cascadence. It's very, very pretty. Very lovely, darling. Mm. Well done, you. Very festive. Mm. And first haircut since March, so that was a relief for everyone, I think. Although some <laughs> would say perhaps perhaps not as a relief because you can see more of my face now because my hair is not covering it. But, uh, you know, wins and pluses, pluses and minuses, that's what I say. I think it looks absolutely lovely, darling. A lovely festive Thank treat. You. Thank you. So, OK, let us now proceed on to our extremely wonderful and joyous Christmassy and seasonal subject. Something everyone should have at least one of, I would say, about their house, home, office or abode, wherever they are. What would you say, Paulie? Absolutely. I mean, this really is a statement of seasonal joy and a, a welcome for any visitor or passerby. And that is the Christmas wreath. The Christmas wreath. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Christmas isn't Christmas without something lovely and festive to adorn your knockers. I mean, there are rules, um, of course. Stop it. You... Stop it with the <laughs> adorning of your knockers. I literally <laughs> nearly spat my coffee out. Keep going. Come on. Well, Come absolutely. It's the last Christmas Christ one. 
Come on. Absolutely. But Christmas isn't Christmas. I mean, you've just got to, you know, there are no rules. There are no rules. And of, of course, you can have traditional with pine and cones and all that kind of gorgeous gubbins, um, which we popped a few up on our lovely, fabulous Flowers TV Instagram for your listeners to see. But, um, you know, the, the world is your oyster with your festive wreath. Um, I've just come back from doing a huge Cotswolds job yesterday, and it was achingly traditional. It was blue pine. It was all green, lots of herbs and um, bay and rosemary and ivy. And it was just really very, very, very natural, lichen twigs. Um, mm. So, I mean, it really is a very personal thing, your Christmas wreath. I mean, I like to add loads, more, more and a bit more. Roses, dried fruit, sprouts, onions, you know, go for it. Uh, mixed with bundles of cinnamon tied with maybe some rustic raffia or just some beautiful indulgent velvet ribbons. I didn't mind rolling my R's there, just feeling a bit poetical. But um, mm. And also dried hydrangeas, which we're a big fan of at Fabulous Flowers. Um, I love to do the dried hydrangeas in my wreath and maybe mix them with some faux flowers. Uh, that can add a sort of fabulously indulgent look. And it's also quite resilient, but whatever takes your fancy. Wispy and sort of floaty and a bit hedgerow, old man's beard and a bit of dried old poppy head would be lovely for a sort of crispy seed head from the garden for that kind of wispy willowy look. Or um, even pheasant feathers if you're feeling a touch of the field sports coming on. I mean, it's all about having fun. What do you like to put, put up your wreath, darling, on your wreath? Well, obviously, I just obviously large knockers to contend with in my case. But I love um, you very kindly donated a super uh, silvery kind of cone. And I don't know, it's kind of it's it's greys and silvers and twinkly. And I've interwoven. You gave me that when um, when you came down, when we were making some of our festive filmettes in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. And I have tied a beautiful green bow onto the bottom of it. And I've interwoven it with a little uh, sort of um, a little baby set of lights that are all battery operated. So they twinkle throughout the sparkle. You'd be quite jealous and wanting it back if you saw it now. But um, <laughs> if it disappears, yes, you'll I know think... who's taken it. I think I think it's what I've realized, certainly being about you more in the last few weeks, is that really you can do anything. And I always used to be traditional and go green spruce, pine, bit of holly, bit of berries, usually buy one freshly made from my Christmas tree venue where I get my Christmas tree. But this year I've just decided to have a go at different things. So I've tried the fruit thing, which you which you very, very kindly showed me how to do. Nowhere near as good as yours, but had a go at that. I've got my lovely silvery one. So I'd say I feel confident enough to have a go at most things, having watched your videos on, on our lovely TV channel. I think it's worth a go. So listeners, have a go. Be brave. Yes, yes. Pop over to our YouTube channel and have a little look at our 12 festive filmettes. But I think to give you another scoop of confidence, which I can really see you're getting very confident with, oh, slightly overconfident with your wreath there, Lucy. Getting quite jealous. Sounds gorgeous. Can't wait to see it. But to give you that extra scoop of confidence, I recommend enrolling on a sort of a jolly wreath making course. Look online or locally. There, I mean, there are many about. They're probably all finished now. But for next year, do enrol in one. They're huge fun, really good fun, especially with a glass of something. But um, when you're making your wreath at home, as I said, more is more. When buying your ingredients, buy twice as much as you think you need. Keep them heavily grouped. All your elements um, should be sort of done in sort of big swathes for, for really fabulous maximum impact. Don't go half-hearted. 
it's a far more natural look. I mean, think, as I always say, think how things grow. They grow in drifts. So try and replicate this with your wreath and you'll get a more indulgent and luxurious look. So your must-haves for making your wreath are some good stub wires, which you'll get all these from your florist or online. So stub wires, reel wire, so that's wire on a reel, um, a wreath base. So you can either buy a metal frame and stuff it with moss and sort of attach it with real wire. So you're making a kind of a mossy sausage on the um, on the frame or much easier buy a wreath base from the florist or garden center supplier type person, which is ready made and it's already covered with blue pine. It's just kind of, you know, the boring bit is done and all you have to do is the nice bit, which is popping on your festive treats. So um, it's all fun and um, just get on with it, I say. And again, um, you know, I make many, many wreaths for clients and they're a very, very personal thing. It's it's kind of a bit like buying someone a handbag or a pair of shoes, really, um, or wine. Just go with what tickles your festive fancy, I say, with your wreath. Mm, I always love going with what tickles my festive fancy have to say. So, uh, moving on to more fa fun facts about the wreath. In Christianity, wreaths are used to observe the Advent season in preparation for Christmas tide. These wreaths, as well as other Advent and Christmas decorations, are often set up on the first Sunday of Advent. In fact, we used to do that at Mass. My kids, I took them all to Mass when they were little and they used to go up and be invited to light the candles on the oh. Advent wreath, which was on the altar. Mm. Very the special, sweet moment, first... isn't it? Sorry to interrupt. Very special, sweet moment. Sorry, sorry. Mm. No, absolutely. Um, the Advent wreath was first used by the Lutherans in Germany in the 16th century. And in 1839, Lutheran priest John Hinrich Wichern also used a wreath made from a cartwheel to educate children about the meaning and purpose of Christmas, as well as to help them count its approach, thus giving rise to the modern version in the Advent wreath. For every Sunday, starting with the fourth Sunday before Christmas, he would put a white candle in the wreath. For every day in between, he would use a red candle. The use of Advent wreaths has since spread from the Lutheran Church to many Christian denominations. And some of those traditions, such as the Catholic Church, have introduced unique variations to it. All of the Advent wreaths, however, have four candles to donate the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day. And many of them have a white candle in the centre, the Christmas candle, which is lit on Christmas Day. Advent and Christmas wreaths are constructed of evergreens to represent everlasting life through Jesus. And the circular shape of the wreath represents God with no beginning and no end. Advent and Christmas wreaths are now a popular symbol in preparation to celebrate the coming of Christ or on Christ Mass, Christmas Day with Advent wreaths being used to mark the beginning of the Christian Church's liturgical calendar and serving as decor during Advent and Christmas festivities. While Advent wreaths are usually erected on stands or placed on tables, Christmas wreaths are often hung on doors or walls, as you previously mentioned, Paulie, around your knockers. With Advent, the Church observes St Lucy's Day, the 13th, and... With my name being Lucy, of course, and bizarrely, 13 has always been my favourite number. This is the Festival of Lights, December the 13th, and Lucy comes from the Latin for luce, meaning light. Hmm. This day is the memorial of St Lucy, who is said to have brought food and aid to Christians hiding in catacombs 
using a candle-lit wreath to light her way, to leave her hands free to carry as much food as possible. On such a day, many young Christian girls dress as St. Lucy, wearing a wreath on their head. Why, oh why, didn't I do that this year, Paulie? Oh, wait, there's still time. I must immediately get you to create one of your stunning and perfect wreaths for my head, with candles in it, and maybe, instead of leaving my hands free to carry food, perhaps I should carry some more thirst-quenchingly delicious drinkies. What do you think? <laughs> I love that. All I can think of, though, is you sort of like some sort of, sort of vision um, swathed in sort of light and, well, tinsel, really, you know, a bit of tinsel. Uh, <laughs> a bit like, do you remember the Blue Peter advent thing where they always had flame to, they'd flame, flame proof tinsel and they'd light the candle um, on the advent whatever it was. Do you remember that? Coat hanger. It was coat hangers and you two coat hangers wrapped in supposedly flame-proof tinsel. I just honestly never be able to do that now. Health and safety. Yeah. Actually, I went to a client's the other day and they had candles all over their Christmas tree, real candles. Oh. Um, and I looked at it and thought, oh, yeah, la, la, la. Um, you'd have to really check, you know, the, the boughs above where the flame would flicker, I would say. But um, I yes, I think you'd you'd need a Christmas tree candle monitor for that. You'd need someone mm. with a badge that was specifically put in charge of that task. That would no, that wouldn't work for me. I'd be too nervous. I think ridiculous yeah. outside uh, maybe. Yes, yeah. yes, I'd want a sort of a big bucket of water nearby. Um, mm. But anyway, wreaths, wreaths, we love them. And I, you know, over the years, um, I've had quite a few front covers. Glad you asked with wreaths on them for house and garden and homes and gardens. Um, but my favourite one was. Um, Many, many, many years ago, kind of in the late 90s, I was parking my car in Lounge Square in Knightsbridge. And this very glamorous woman came running up to me saying, oh, darling, darling, um, um, please, can I borrow a pound from you for the for the meter thing? I went, um, of course. She she seemed so lovely and fragrant and delicious. I said, yes, there you are, there you are. And she went, oh, my name's Susan Crew, and gave me her card, Susan Crew, editor of House and Garden. So I just said, lovely. And I gave her my card. And she said, thank you so much. Anything I can do in the future. Da, da, da. Then... A couple of months later, I got a phone call from her PA saying, would you like to do a wreath for a wreath editorial in House and Garden? I went, oh, no, thanks. Um, so I uh, did that, did the wreath, took it to Vogue House, Condé Nast, and I'm getting it out of the van. It's really sort of, it's, well, I think it was late summer, actually, because we do all that sort of thing in the summer for Christmas magazines. Um, got it out and Susan was coming down the steps and I went, oh, I've got the wreath. And she looked at it and went, oh, should we lose the roses? And I thought, ooh, they're lovely roses. So I trusted her and I pulled all the roses out. And it kind of left only some white hellebores, a bit of blue pine and some white heather. Really sparse. So I said, there it is. So she took it in and da-da-da. And then, then I heard that Nicholas Coleridge, who's the boss of Condé Nast, loved it so much, he said he wanted to pop it on the front cover. So um, I knew I've never spoken about that before, Lou. <laughs> Oh, that's that's absolutely so lovely, Paulie. And isn't it interesting that she saw it slightly differently and actually perhaps just put a twist on it that made it also acceptable for you and it ended up on the front cover. That's so amazing. And Nicholas Coleridge, um, I met him actually. I did a film all about Condé Nast. Mm. Um, Alexandra Shulman and Nicholas Coates and what a poppet and what an amazing, eye he's man. got so amazing that he chose yours to go on the front cover good for you darling well I'm not I'm, surprised well darling and actually one of a, a very funny personal story but my lovely friend Henrietta Holroyd used to be his PA and that's how I met our lovely friend Dolly 
through um through Henry who? Holroyd. Right. But <laughs> I slightly digress though. Oh okay, yes, yeah, so our lovely friend Dolly over in Ireland. But anyway, um but I have milked that slight front cover there. But um I'll pop it up again on F on Fabulous mm. Fast TV, just in case someone missed it over the last twenty years. But you know, I used it for a Christmas card. It was, you know, it's all been fab, but one of my favorite favorite clients is the beautiful um, scent production company i suppose they're called uh, italian called santa maria novella and they're based in florence do you know florence lucy did you know that mm, well funnily enough paulie i did happen <laughs> to live there for a couple of years so yes i do santa maria oh, novella absolutely see see well they have a lovely shop in piccadilly and one in walton street and i love doing their wreaths every year because they never have anything i never do anything sort of english for them i always make it a bit kind of kitsch and clashing so it's kind of lemons Ooh. and bright pink faux, faux flowers with bright red flowers it's all a little bit kind of sort of thing you'd see in a 1950s sophia loren film it's very sort of mm. catholic looking and a bit kind of kitchen you know when you see those jesuses in catholic churches in italy and they look like you know a, 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 a wonderful kind of statue of them but they actually have real film star looks you know i quite love that mm. sort of 1950s mm. Um, Italianness, but anyway, that's what I try and do. Yeah. Try and do in their wreaths, but simple or madly extravagant, they really herald the start of Christmas. And we're so so delighted to have my dear friend and floral legend back on the podcast again, the gorgeous Paula Pryke. And it's really sweet of her to take time out of her flowery madness this Christmas to be one of our festive Christmas elves. So here she is chatting all things wreaths. Thank you to Paulie and Lucy of Fabulous Flowers TV for asking me back to do another podcast and this time as a Christmas elf. That's very kind. Um, festive reef, if I could sum that up in three words, I'd say, well, they make you smile. They make people happy. They make your door look dressed. And I suppose the, the one word is welcome. Uh, a reef always gives you a really good welcome to a house. Um, and even though we might not be welcoming many people to our home this Christmas, um, you know, I love making wreaths and I've already been making them for in the autumn season. But um, um, I suppose I first started making really oversized wreaths when I worked for Terence Conrad and his restaurant department. And um, uh, we were doing like massive um, meters. And so flowers are very expensive, foliages too. So we'd go to the fruit market and you could buy a lot of fruit or vegetables to put on a wreath and it was an economical way of making quite a stunning looking wreath so that's where it started and actually every year I used to do a a sort of um, a roundup of what Terence had done uh, in that year as well so a wreath with sort of where he'd been and what had happened so that was kind of a very nice personal thing to do. Um, I also liked making you know words like Xmas or Noel out of using dogwood and maybe some ivy and Alex that's another pretty way to decorate your house um certainly um this year I'm going to be using a lot of natural fruits I like oranges apples and things like that I prefer to do um the whole fruit rather than the dried fruit um and obviously gold is going to be really big this Christmas because we've all been spending a lot of time at home and we want something luxurious and it's gold is very warming and um, it's uh, great. I think my most unusual request for um, Reeves was making them just out of licorice all sorts for a party at the Royal Opera House one Christmas and we had a van come down from the Bassett's 
factory full with all these boxes of licorice all sorts and we just spent all day making these amazing wreaths out of all the pretty coloured um, licorice all sorts. So I think that's probably my most memorable uh, wreath making um, time. So um, thanks again to Paulie and Lucy for asking me to contribute to your festive season of podcasts and happy Christmas everyone. Have a good time. Thank you. Oh, how marvellous was that? The incredible and completely brilliant floral legend that is Paula Pryke. Lucky us and lucky you, Fabulous Flowers TV listeners. So, moving on, here are some more fun floriography festive facts on the wreath. It's not just for Christmas, you know, Paulie. In ancient times, wreaths were given as prized gifts. Pagan rituals often included a type of wreath that represented the current season. In colonial days, American colonists used evergreens to fashion wreaths and decorate with harvest crops. Herbal wreaths were used to ward off evil and diseases. And in ancient Rome, they wore wreaths made specifically of greenery or flowers to signify their social status. Wreaths were also often given as gifts for Roman weddings, births and to signify or celebrate other life events. Rosemary wreaths were often worn by brides as symbols of their love and a symbol of a previous life circling into the new life and everlasting love. That's rather lovely. Isn't that lovely? I'm sort of thinking of the circle of life in The Lion King, but I won't stop. Um, <laughs> Akuna Matata, that's all I've got to say. Um, hanging up a Christmas wreath on the front door is one of the many traditions that take place during the festive season. But where does this tradition stem from? And what does the wreath symbolise? Early forms of wreaths are said to date back to the Roman times when they represented victory and success. While wreaths are hung on doors today, back then the Romans would place them on their heads, especially during celebrations. This association with victory is still evident today, with the symbol of the laurel wreath being engraved onto the Olympic medals. Mm, love that, Paulie. That's very Fabulous. lovely. Well, I think we've come full circle on our Christmas wreath. So, without further ado, let's move on to our final star sign of this year. And as we approach the last part of December, it is, of course, time for Capricorn to strut themselves with their little horns into the limelight. So, as we do love to herald the coming of each star sign with their particular bloom, we are, of course, going to do exactly that for our Capricorn friends. So all you Capricorns who are born between December the 22nd and January the 20th, this is for you. Capricorn season is all about determination. And as we enter the new year, most people take on the few traits of the goats, as, which, as that's what they're referred to. Um, and they want to kick off the new year with focused intention. People born under the sign of Capricorn are known for their determination, ambition, conservative beliefs, practical and helpful approaches. They are smart and hardworking individuals and are 100% in control of their destiny. They get what they want when they want. Stubborn at times, they take no for an answer for they know that what they envision is fully attainable. They are loyal friends and lovers. Mm. But the official flowers of Capricorns are the pansy and the African violet. The colours of this sign are black and indigo. 
So if you don't really know what to buy your Capricorn friends, then send them flowers in shades that are deep and sultry and perhaps not bright and vibrant. This would be the perfect fit for their personality. Ooh, fabulous. I love that. I am turning into Russell Grant, darling. <laughs> I know, but I love you for that. Um, so good to me. That's all rather fabulous and flowery. I know a few Capricorns, I must say. My dear friend, who you know poorly, Louisa being one. Thanks. And she is certainly a typical Capricorn being very determined and also very loyal. And I must say, she does always get the perfect table for our lunch dates, no matter how full the ivy is. So she's very <laughs> determined. But I digress. And we must quickly do a Fabulous Flowers TV, social media and festive film catch up, mustn't we, Paulie? We absolutely must, Lucy. And for all of you who have subscribed, we see you are enjoying your festive filmettes over there on our Fabulous Flowers TV YouTube channel. So a huge thank you. Your subscriptions make all this possible and your support is so very much appreciated. So please do tell your family and friends to subscribe and they too will be able to create magical festive decorations with my fun and instructional filmettes. We still have a few of those lovely fun films to release, so including the cocktail making double where I try my best to create a couple of super festive magic table decorations for the last few days before Christmas, and Lucy tries to feed me cocktails. So you better not miss those. <laughs> God. No, they were a bit fun, weren't they? I loved those. They were super, super fun. <laughs> In fact, all our festive films are truly magical and sparkly, and there is something for everyone there. So whoever you have in your house or around your Christmas table this year, do take time to pop over to our Fabulous Flowers TV channel and have a go yourself. Try creating these stunning decorations that Paulie does. He shows you how to do them in simple and easy-to-follow steps, and anyone can try them at home. With your friends, with your family, bring in the kids, gather them round. They're super fun. I've done a few here at Fabulous Flowers HQ in East Sussex with all my lot. And it really is a wonderful, fun way to sit together around the kitchen table and do something that you can all join in with. Absolutely. Well, goodness me, Lucy. It's been quite a year, hasn't it? I mean, I, I feel a real sense of achievement that we've created our Fabulous Flowers TV podcast out of nowhere and added our instructional films along the way. And um, I'm thinking that there might still be some time to sneak in a quick Christmas drinkies together. I mean, before the big day, why not? So I'll be off to imagine the best possible festive tincture to fill our glasses. And until next time, listeners, when we will be creating our Fabulous Flowers TV podcast, it's a very merry goodbye from me. Yes, and a really big thank you to all our Fabulous Flowers followers on Instagram as well. Your comments, your photos, your general support is also very, very much appreciated. But now we must draw this festive podcast to a close. And I must decide whether it's Nigella's Rocamole or my Cumner House honey and mustard sausages to go with your drinkies, Paulie, or maybe both. So... Until next time, when we get together for you over the airwaves to pour some soothing and floral facts into your listening ears, it's a very warm and festive cheerio from me too. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas and a, a Happy New Year. Year. Oh, goodness me, Paulie. Little drinkies and come down sausages. Oh, oh my God, that rocamole, I think. I have to make that. Absolutely. It was, it's it was one of the best facts. What do you no, rock for cheese avocado and a sneaky green chili. Oh, my God. And there's chocolate.